Well, good morning. I'm not Pastor Joel. <laughs> good to see you all, and uh, it's a privilege to be here this morning to share some thoughts from God's Word with you. But before we start, I'd, I'd like for you to help me a little bit. I need all the help I can get, okay? We're going to be sharing with you some thoughts on memories because we, we're coming to the end of the year very quickly, and uh, we certainly are introspective and we are reflective. But this morning, I'd like you to, in a moment, I'd like you to tell me what you remember as a highlight of your year. Okay, it could be that you got saved, so you can, one word only, you can holler out salvation, if God healed you, healing. If you got married, holler out mother-in-law. <laughs> that, that's one word because it's hyphenated, right? So whatever it was, maybe it was provision, baptism, you name it. If you had a baby, just call out baby. Now, if you can't recall anything that happened to you that was good this year, you had nothing, absolutely nothing that you can thank God for, I'm going to give you five words to holler out, okay? And it's this, hallelujah, my time is coming. Okay, on the count of three, one, two, three. Wow, that's, that's awesome. I didn't hear one hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. Might as well have it first as last, right? Well, the last day of the year is a day for memories, for things that were, things that should have been, things that should not have been, a day of regretting, a day of rejoicing, a day to be thankful for all of God's blessings, all of our good accomplishments, and a day to feel sorrowful for missed opportunities, failures, and plain old stupidity that 365 days of living afforded us. Memories. Well, a wise man, actually a very wise man, <laughs> texts me this anonymous saying that memories would not be anchors that hold us back, but inspiration that sparks us forward. So he is preaching this morning, after all. Also, there are so many sayings and so many things about... Uh, memories, but we each need to make peace with our own memories because we all have done things that make us flinch. And memory is what tells a man that his wife's birthday was yesterday. <laughs> wow. We've all been there, man. Well, Ma Max Licato writes these words, there is a direct correlation between the accuracy of our memory and the effectiveness of our mission. 
If we're not teaching people how to be saved, it's perhaps because we've forgotten the tragedy of being lost. If we're not teaching the message of forgiveness, it may be because we don't remember what it's like to be guilty. And if we're not preaching the cross, it could be that we've subconsciously decided that, God forbid, somehow we don't need it. In what is perhaps the last letter Paul ever wrote, he begged Timothy not to forget. He urged Timothy to remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, 2 Timothy 2 and 8. When times get hard, when people don't listen, when tears come, when disappointment is your bed partner, when fear pitches its tent in your front yard, when death looms, when shame weighs heavily, always remember Jesus. Those are the words of Max Lucado. I knew this preacher would be dry this morning. I actually have a couple bottles of water, but I only brought one up here, so it should be good. It should be noted that all of your life's experiences are embedded on the hard drive of your memory. All the people that you've ever known, all the pleasures, the joys, the sorrows, the pain, the heartache, the disappointments, the successes, the failures, the elation, the despair, close relationships, abandonment, all of the sights, the sounds, the smells, and the taste. It's all there on the hard drive. Every sermon you've ever heard, even the ones you'd like to forget, every hymn that you've ever sung is buried in your subconscious. Three short stories. Pauline Berry was a uh, lady who came to this church for many years, and I call her son Jim, who happens to be in Florida today, and it's 74 degrees, so we'll forgive him for that, but I wanted to make sure that I got this story right, because preachers sometimes tend to embellish things, especially the stories. But Pauline was in her 90s, and she had Alzheimer's. She was in a nursing home, and one day I got a call from Jim saying, I'd like you to come over to see Mom. She doesn't have too much time left. So I went over to McNair Manor, and Jim and his sister Donna were sitting there in the room, and they said, uh, you know, Mom hasn't been responsive for a few days now. She doesn't... Uh, respond to any stimulus whatsoever. And so as I sat there for a moment, I went over finally and sat on her bed, and I put my mouth down close to her ear, and I started to sing an old hymn. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. And some of you know the chorus, in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. I hadn't finished but about three or four lines when Pauline opened her eyes and began to sing along with me. And we finished that hymn 
as a duet together. She never missed a word. She closed her eyes, never regained consciousness again, and a few hours later, she was with the Lord, which is far better. But you see, folks, everything that you've ever experienced in your life is on the hard drive. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of visiting a wonderful couple who have been a part of this church from almost its inception, Alan and Kay, and uh, you know them, and, and you know the McCollum family, and they have been in a nursing home for some time now, and sometimes not really aware of where they are, sometimes not even what planet they're on, but it was interesting when I went into Alan's room, he said, uh, hello, David. How are things at the church? And maybe 30 seconds later, he didn't know where he was, but in that moment, you see, everything is on your memory. Everything is on the hard drive. Then I had the privilege of sitting down with Kay and being close to Christmas, I didn't know what to say to her because she didn't really know who I was or where she was. But I said, let's sing, Kay. And so we started singing away in a manger, no crib for a bed, and she sang along and never missed a word and never missed a beat. And she was more in tune than I was. So you see, it's all there. Your memories are all there. When I was a kid growing up in Newfoundland, we used to have something called a testimony meeting. How many remember the testimony meetings? Oh, it's about five old timers here. I feel right at home. But <laughs> we used to have a testimony meeting. There was a lady in the church by the name of Ella, Ella Vivian. And Ella had the same testimony every Sunday. And it was word for word. And it was kind of, a, she did it in a sing-song voice. It was kind of poetic. And as young boys, we, we learned her testimony. And so we would, and actually, I am ashamed to say this, but we actually would make fun of Ella's testimony when we got together. Because uh, we could say it, you know, word for word. Many years later, Ella was living with her daughter in Truro, Nova Scotia. I had the privilege of visiting her on a number of occasions. And I said, you know, Ella, I said, I know your testimony. Now, I left out the part about making fun of it, okay? And she was so thrilled that I would remember her testimony. When Ella was about uh, 95, she was in the Cedar Lodge uh, nursing home in Truro. I went to see her one day, and she was sitting there in, in a wheelchair. She didn't know me. And uh, I tried to make conversation. Finally, I said, it's, it's David Way. And all of a sudden, the light went on in her eyes. And she said to me in her Newfoundland accent, you knows my testimony. <laughs> so my conclusion is, folk, that there is no such thing as memory loss. There's just the loss of memory recall. Okay? Keep that in mind. Because memories can evoke many negative emotions. But I'll only mention two today. One is nostalgia, because it's mostly inaccurate. And guilt, because it is totally unnecessary. 
Memories can invoke these negative emotions. Nostalgia is longing for a place or a feeling or an experience that probably never really existed in the first place. It's particularly strong during this Christmas season and the New Year's season. We get these nostalgic feelings about what it was like, you know, Christmas in the good old days. And if you live long enough, you realize that the good old days weren't so good after all. Several years ago when I was in Zambia, I started, for, I started to long for Canada. During the dry season, which is about six months, and day after day, parched day, I begin to languish for the green, green grass of home. In fact, as the waterless ground started to crack open, the grass got greener back home. I had a really bad case of nostalgia. And nostalgia can do that to a person. But you know, when we finally came home, the, the one year, the end of August, the grass wasn't nearly as green as I imagined. You see, nostalgia is inaccurate because it leaves out the negative and the ugly. Nostalgia many times leads to sadness, and sadness leads to weakness, and weakness leads to, leads to despair. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The antidote for nostalgia, folk, is the reality that Jesus is with you, Jesus is in you, and Jesus is for you. Amen. The second and very powerful emotion that memory brings back to is, is the consciousness of guilt. Remembering what we did, what we didn't do, and it's particularly strong this time of the year. Remember all those resolutions you made last year? Because I know I, I preached here New Year's Day, and some of you said, Pastor, we're going to do some of those things. We won't ask you whether you did or not. But every time those memories invade our thoughts, we're filled with shame and remorse. Guilt will wear us down until life itself becomes a burden. But listen to me this morning, folk. The guilt issue has already been taken care of, and it is totally unnecessary for you to allow memories of past failures and sin to bind you and hold you captive. You see, more than 2,000 years ago, a high priest took a lamb and offered that lamb for your sins. That high priest was Jesus, and that lamb was Jesus, and it was laid on him all our sins, all our failures, all our miscues, all our stupidity. He took it all. And when the father turned his back on his only begotten, your guilt and my guilt was forever pardoned, paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal, folk. God did not forget your sins. It is impossible for God to have a lapse of memory. 
He did something that's impossible for humans to do. He willed that he would never, 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 ever remember your sins. If you would only acknowledge and accept the awesome gift that is offered to you at great cost, but at no charge. Amen? Four times, four times in Scripture, God declares that he will remember our sins no more. Jeremiah 31 and 34, I will remember their sins no more. Isaiah 43 and 25, I will, I, even I, who blots out your transgressions for my sake and remembers your sins no more. He's not saying he forgets your sins. He says, I'll remember them no more. Hebrews 8 and 9, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Psalm 103 and 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Aren't you glad? Amen. So, if the devil comes to you and says, hey, you know, you're really, really bad. You've really, really messed up. You know what you want to tell the devil? Devil, your software is outdated by 2,000 years. Amen? You can tell Satan that he should Google Calvary, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y, and see what comes up. Amen. Now, there's one other thing that a lot of people ask me in regard to heaven and what happens when we go to heaven. If the memory, if, you're, if it's all there on your hard drive, and it does pop up from time to time, okay? If it's all there, what happens when you go to heaven? That's a problem, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you know, I have some stuff that I don't want to take to heaven with me. So, so what's going to happen? Well, the answer is in Revelation chapter 21, and we're going to read these scriptures in a moment, but it says there, in my version, it says that God will wipe our hard drive clean and restore the original settings to the Creator's specs. It's right there. Let's read it together. Okay. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new, uh, a new earth coming down for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Here it is. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the old order of things are passed away. And he who sat at the throne said, I am making everything new. Write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and, him, and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost 
from the spring of the water of life, and he who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So there you see it, folks. He's going to wipe it all clean. You see, if, there are, if there's no pain, sickness, or sorrow in heaven, and we know there isn't, then the only regrets, the only tears can come from our memories, right? Because none of this stuff is there. I, I mean, there's not, nothing, no sickness, no heartache, no sin in heaven. So only our memories would bring tears. So when God wipes the tears from your eyes, he will be wiping the hard drive clean, and you'll have no memory of all of the times that you messed up. So isn't that good? Isn't it good to know that God has taken care of it all? So today, the last day of 2017, Jesus said, Jesus said this. The Master said this. When you gather together in my name as we've gathered here this morning, I will be right there with you in the present, in your space, in your need, in your suffering, in your joys, in your successes. And he wants it to be the center of all of your memories, past, present, and future. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the lion, the tribe of, of the tribe of Judah. He is the chain breaker, the peacemaker, the burden taker. He's here this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, the healer is here. Jesus of Christ is in this house. Let's stand together as we praise him this morning. Amen. We want to, we want to pray this morning. And some of you, I know, have come here with burdens. Some of you have come here with grief. Some of you have come here with addictions. And I want you to know as well that in this place, there's provision for every kind of human need that you can have. We're here by the help of God and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to help you, to minister to you, whether it's celebrate recovery, grief share, whether it's Alpha, you name it. And we're here to minister to you. But in this moment this morning, I just want to pray for you that God would just propel you forward into the new year with, with a sense of optimism, with a sense of peace, knowing that God is with you, knowing that there is nothing, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, knowing that you can make it and you will make it, knowing that the one and the only one who can meet your need and help you is here right in this moment. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that you have allowed us to be here. God, without you, where would we be? We have no idea, but we certainly wouldn't be here. We certainly wouldn't be filled with hope and optimism and joy and peace. We certainly wouldn't be able to look forward to a new year with all of its challenges and all of its obstacles with a sense of 
the knowledge that the one who created the heavens and the earth is alongside of us and he will direct our paths. And so, God, we pray that this year coming, 2018, we will make wonderful memories and we'll be able to look forward in a year from now and say, God has been with us, God has helped us. You will be with everyone here this morning to bless and to strengthen and to help and to encourage. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the one who has all power in heaven and earth, and the one who lives within us. And all God's people said, Amen.